All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what animal do you feel like today? Well, I'll tell you, I did my research on this one. I looked up some of the weirdest animals, okay. and today I feel like a pangolin. Uh, uh, did you just cuss at me? What did you say? <laughs> it's a, called a pangolin. It's some kind of like weird-looking armadillo thing. I don't know. I thought it looks cool. Okay. So, you know, I would, I'd probably have one as a Okay, I, I'll. Um, I've got an armadillo story. Um, just fun fact. So I used to, I used to work under houses, right? Worked in crawl spaces all the time, and uh, there, there was very often that I'd have to pee in a crawl space. I've actually kept track because with the first job I worked, one of the one of the old men that worked there was like, buddy, so I'm gonna give you one piece of advice: keep track of how many crawl spaces you pee in. Don't know why, but I did. I've peed in 412 crawl spaces um, in my in my day. And you get pretty good at it. And so I went to this house in Pulaski, Tennessee, which is near the Alabama border where armadillos are very prevalent. And I get in this crawl space. It's super cold. It's like January, February. So I'm, I'm in a hurry to get down there to pee because it's always warmer in a crawl space during the wintertime and cooler in the summertime. And I hop in and it's a slanted crawl space. So when you first go in, you, there's enough room where you can kind of just like squat down to pee. So I go to, I, you know, pull down my jumpsuit and everything and I start peeing and then I hear a bunch of scurrying behind me and I like turn very slowly, turn my head very slowly. I'm still peeing and I've got my headlamp on and I see like 14 sets of eyes and then I really look and there are about 14 armadillos in this crawl space. So I finished really quick, like very, I, I, I emptied my bladder very quickly. I didn't realize that, that armadillos are like that kind of animal they just like live in places so you're marking these armadillos territory basically and i thought i was going to have a, a gang war on my hands dude like i was they they it was not a fun feeling being and there's a lot of tension for sure and like they destroy everything dude they are savages they will destroy like your ac duct work and everything and so i got out and i was like i went up to the homeowner i was like hey buddy you got about 14 armadillos in there i can't do anything right now you have to get an exterminator he was like oh shit you know oh, that's, armadillos. <laughs> <laughs> that's my armadillo story um yeah it's one of my crawl space stories guys super fun time in my life um i feel like a sugar glider those are pretty cool yeah i still feel pretty one of my old teachers from uh, like elementary school had a sugar glider, and she'd like bring it to class, and you know it was like our class pet. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it died because like one day it just wasn't there, and she didn't tell us why. It, ran, it flew. It, it flew away. It glided Where, away. Where's Jerry at? And she's like, "Oh, don't worry about it." He's, he he glided away. He's he's on a farm somewhere he's now. With his family now. <laughs> we yeah, he, you know, we had to flush him down the toilet. Um, oh. <laughs> It's like a goldfish, you know. He's in the ocean now. He's fine. Um, Clogging the toilet. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> so today, guys, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, kind of clients as a whole. Kind of our perspectives is you know we are both obviously coaches, but we are both clients of coaches. I obviously Tyler coaches me, um, but we're gonna talk about what we think it takes to be a great client, not even as necessarily as far as a competitor goes, and then also share some examples of uh, bad clients that we have worked with in the years past. So uh, we'll give you what you need to do, and we'll give examples of what you really shouldn't do, and yep. you can run with that. Tons of these. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Let's start with good clients, man. You know, fortunately, I work with a lot of good clients now. I, it wasn't always that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chris, you're one of them. Um, Thanks. But, you know, back when I first started, I, I call the times when you first start coaching, you kind of have to take on everybody just to get the experience. And with doing that, of course, you get some wild people. Yes. But talk about those later. To be a good client, I, I think the most important thing that I'm looking for is people that check in on time. You know, if you're checking in the same time every single week, normally you're going to be get, resu get results. And I can tell that you're a serious client. You're putting your all into it and that you care. That's, that's one thing I, I really noticed. The clients that check in the same time every week are always the ones getting the best results. Yeah. Uh, so so, so then, with that, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Then after that, I would say it's the ones that are giving me the most communication. 
Mm-hmm. So I, of course, send out a check-in form, as you've seen, and, you know, it's got so much different room spaces for biofeedback. So I want to know about digestion, how your training was, any deviations, how your water intake was, how your sleep was, everything. So the better, the more information I get from somebody as a client, the better I can make a calculated adjustment as the coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, whenever I have Chris's check-in, Often I will send him a voice message and I'll be like, hey, man, so how was this, this and this to go along with it? He'll give me more information and specifics so I can make a calculated adjustment from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think because a lot of it comes down to, like you said, the level of care. And, And and like we've talked about before, you know, ultimately we can't want our clients to succeed more than they want to. And to some degree. I'm going to match the energy that I'm presented. So if I have somebody who's very eager to learn and they follow everything, I'm going to go above and beyond for them as they are for me, right? So, so to kind of, you know, go into all those things in particular, you know, checking in is a bare minimum, right? Like you can't skip a check-in. You, you, and again, it goes back to it. Like unless you work night shift, I should not be re- receiving a check-in at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, Right. It's like, like we've talked about before, I get up at six thirty, seven o'clock every day and I use the bathroom. I send you a check-in right then and there. Uh, we talk usually like 20 minutes after I send it and I have an update 20 minutes later and I started that day and it's routine. Even when I was checking in with you two or three times a week or every day or numerous times a day, it was, that was the expectation that you had given me. Like, hey man, eat this meal, check it in two hours. I would eat the meal, set a timer, I'd check it in two hours. Super simple, right? Um, because that's how it needs to be. And then as far as communication goes, again, I'll use us as the example. You know, I, and this is, I think comes down to a level, again, a level of care, but a level of just attentiveness of you can say, hey, you know, how is your hydration? I can say, well, Monday, I probably had a gallon and a half. Tuesday, I probably had a gallon and a quarter. Like I can tell you all these things because it's just routine. And I'm also, you know, hyper vigilant enough to pay attention and remember these things. Like I'm like, ah, you know, I think this happened or I think I'm like, like the last check and I sent you, I trained legs very late the night before. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, feel, feel my body's a little bit inflamed from training super late last night and then going to bed. So I think that's probably why I have a little bit of water on me. So we can, we can understand the variable that probably caused that, you know, versus me just checking in and not letting, you know, Hey, trained legs and did stiff leg deadlifts at 10 o'clock last night, had my last meal and then went to bed. Right. And so that just goes down to it. It's like, there's to me, there's no such thing as over sharing when it comes to get or over informing as, as a client and, and giving us these tools. Um, but again, like I can't, like we've talked about, we can't know if the plan's working unless we we're told it is or it isn't right. We have to assume the best, but if you know, the plan isn't working for you, if you're like, like I had one guy love him to death uh, he's like, man, I've had diarrhea for like two weeks. And I was like, you didn't think to tell me that? Like, I don't know, day one or day yeah. two or day three or day or just, I don't know, go to the, like, dude, if I had diarrhea for two, I'd go to the fucking hospital, right? <laughs> just casually having diarrhea for two weeks yeah. as if that's normal. My buddy, you should have told me a long time ago because that's not normal. So let's yes. fix that, you know? I think the big key is transparency like the sure. more you tell me the better i can do and i i i would rather have somebody be honest with me than lie because yeah. if i'm being left in the dark like i've had some clients man where i've had to really sit there and ask multiple questions back to figure out what's going on and then i figure out that they're lying to me the whole time yeah like so a good example of this i had one guy and uh you know he wasn't getting progress and he he was he's a younger kid but you know i i know as a coach by now how things work like if mm-hmm. you're doing your plan you're going to get progress it's it's sure. kind of a given so yeah. when you're not getting progress i'm kind of like huh that's odd but he, he would check in every week and be like i'm not hungry things are going fine like and i'm like oh that's kind of weird he's not hungry so you know he wasn't getting results though so i would drop his food or i'd go ahead and add a little bit of cardio I'm like maybe his metabolism is just slow I'm like maybe there's such an there's some kind of issue going on well you know six or seven weeks goes by right yeah and he finally checks in with me this one day and he's like, man, I've decided I'm going to do 75 hard. Oh, God. And, and, 
I haven't been following my plan this entire time, but I'm t- I'm ready to get serious. So keep in mind, every check-in before this is like, no deviations, I'm not hungry, I'm fine. I'm like, okay. So he finally decides to do 75 hard, and the first week he checks in is rough. Like, he was like, man, I did everything correctly. He loses like six pounds in a week. He's starving. Yeah. Turns out the entire time before that, he was snacking on stuff. He was going out and getting McDonald's whenever he wasn't supposed to. But he, you know, he was sending me check-ins. They were like, doing just fine, man doing just fine. I don't know why I'm not seeing results, like stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, well, as a coach, I can't help you unless you tell me things. That's like the biggest slap in the face. You know what I mean? That's how I take that, man. It's like, you wasted your money. (laughs) Well, it's like, and it goes back to it, man. Like I, I, you know, I was talking about it today. Like there is, I, I, I have people on my team who I love to death and they are very, like you said, very open and honest with me if they don't follow the plan, but they're also aware that that is their doing and the consequences of their actions and not mine. And they're okay with it. And they understand it's going to slow progress, but they still keep checking in. But then I have some, I've had some people in the past who didn't follow the plan and try to blame it on me. Right? Like I had, I had one guy, this, and this, this, this is a conversation about condiments that we'll, we'll talk about. But I had this guy, and like I said, when I when I send my introductory paperwork, it is very extensive, and I go very into just about everything. But one thing I go into is like condiments, what I recommend, what you can use, how to keep track of it, where to you where even where to buy these things, right? And um, this guy checks in with me. It's like two or three weeks into the plan, and then one week he's like, "Your your plan isn't working." And I was like, "Okay, let's let's hop on the phone." And I think people have learned if. If I ask you to hop on the phone with me, we there's a there's an issue, and uh, so so we start breaking it down because he at this point like he's stepping at me and accusing me of of doing something wrong. So I'm like, well, let's figure it out. Maybe I am, but let's figure it out because he'd gained weight this week and he should be in a deficit because he was losing weight before. And I was like, all right, man, let's walk through everything. Have you followed the meal plan to a T, dude? A hundred percent. I didn't miss anything. Okay. Have you gotten done all your cardio, dude? I did. I haven't missed any of it. Did you cheat on your cardio? No, I didn't. Yada yada yada. So it made it sound like it was textbook perfect, right? And the plan just somehow his human physiology is just completely altered, and now he's gaining body fat, but he's doing the plan perfectly, right? And I said, okay, man. So we we're going through everything. I'm like, dude, this doesn't make sense. So I was like, let me ask you, what what condiments are you using? He's like ranch. So you're using ranch dressing on all your meals. He said, mm-hmm. I said, what brand? It's like Hidden Valley. And I was like, so just regular whole fat ranch. He said, mm-hmm. And I was like, can you send me a picture of how much ranch you're putting on each meal? And it was like fucking six tablespoons. Okay? Like, dude was going through a bottle of ranch a week. And I did the math, and it was 4,000 calories. Of, and first off, like, that's disgusting. But he's going through 4,000 calories of ranch, he, he a pound of body fat's worth of ranch dressing a week. And I said, hey, buddy, uh, throw that shit away. That's why you're gaining weight. And I explained it to him. He goes, oh, I didn't know that. Next week he quit because he loved yeah. ranch too much. Yep. You know? I, I've had the same thing with sauces before. I mean, like people will abuse them or they'll be using stuff they aren't supposed to. Or they'll just like it, – it, sometimes it's accidental. They won't read the label. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like, I, I have a I have a guy and it's funny because you know, he's still working with me and he's a, he's he's a real good dude and he's gotten a ton of results now. Mm-hmm. But the first like 3 months he was working with me, he had he wasn't getting any progress. His weight was bouncing around. I'm talking like he'd be like 262 one week and then like 275 and then like 258. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? So that's when you know, I start asking questions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Hey man, like uh using any sauces?" He was like, no, man, just hot sauce and mustard. And I'm like, okay, well, that shouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ask him, I'm like, are you drinking anything other than water? Mm-hmm. Well, he's like, yeah, I have uh, 12 ounces of juice with each meal. Holy and like, shit. And I'm like, what kind of juice? And it's like grape juice, cranberry juice, full sugar. So it's like, you know, 60 grams of carbs, roughly. Yeah. Meal. Yeah. And he's doing that, you know, four times, five times a day. So... Because juice is healthy, Tyler. Yeah, but then you know he didn't know he 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 was he wasn't aware that you know that juice wasn't you know although some people think juice is healthy, it also is sugar filled. Calories. It's calories. Yeah. It's not just you know 
free food. Yeah. So we switched that up, and all of a sudden, results have been completely linear. This guy's made like an insane transformation. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he even does it overseas. You know, he works overseas half the time. Yeah. yeah. I had so. one. I had one. Um, and again, in the introductory phases of a plan, like, Mistakes are going to happen because, again, like you said, people don't always know, and that's okay. That's what we're here to, to teach them. Um, but I do try to be as proactive and being like, this is what we can do, this is what we can't do, and and we'll go from there. I had this guy uh, checked in with me one week. It was the first week checking in with me. He's like, hey, man, had a little bit of a sweet tooth, so I went and got a McFlurry. I was like, okay, that's 1,200 calories. I was like, you, I mean, you could have, you know, one reached out to me, could have talked about it, could add fruit, whatever. Like, there are plenty of other options. So I explained that to him. We moved on. The next week, checks in with me. Hey, man, I forgot to pack meal two. So I went to Buffalo Wild Wings. And I got 30 wings, but I didn't use ranch. And I said, hey, man, um, that wasn't what you should have done. Again, you can reach out to me and we can talk about options. I gave him a laundry list of places he could have gone, things he could have done. And then at the end of the check-in form, it said, I just really need motivation to lose weight. I don't know why I'm not losing weight right now. And I literally looked up the the macronutrient breakdown of getting 30 wings from Buffalo Wild Wings and then the McFlurry. And I was like, hey, buddy, uh, that was roughly 5,200 calories that you ate in excess in the last week because you just didn't think. And he was like, okay. And I was like, and a pound of body fat is 3,500 calories of a surplus. So that's a, over a pound of body fat's worth of mistake you just made. And he went, oh, I didn't know that. I said, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a why lot of people are just unaware. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, but I also think it's excuses and laziness for some people, for sure. man. Like, you know, if I, if I tell you to eat chicken and rice and you go to Chick-fil-A and you get a fried chicken sandwich and fries, then you're just lazy and you're making excuses. Like, mm-hmm. I've had people do that before, and I'm like, okay, so they have all these better menu options. Mm-hmm. You know, like they serve grilled chicken nuggets, they serve fruit cups, you know, and you chose the fried chicken sandwich and the fries. Yeah. And you didn't bring your meal. Or or it's crazy because I have one I had one guy and he like he had all his meals with him, but because his, his friends were eating out, he decided like I need to as well. You know, it's an excuse. That's all it is. It is an excuse. And as a coach, like I'm, I'm fine. Like, you know, if you're trying to go eat out during the week and you have like a family event or something like that, I am pretty adamant on send me the menu and I will help you choose something so that you can follow your goals and still enjoy the human experience, which is eating out, you know, but if you're just making horrible decisions, it, it ultimately comes up to, you know, you're just making excuses. Yeah, and, and, and I think, too, with that, man, like, again, people need to understand, like, in order to see results, there's going to be some amount of sacrifice, right? Yeah. Like, you, But you and I both do, I feel like we do a very good job creating practical plans that have variety and flexibility within them, and most people get a free meal every week, right? Yep. And, again, a lot of times it's, obviously, there's the metabolic adaptation Point of view of it but for me I, I give it to people a lot of times for the communal aspect of eating with loved ones right so it's like you're still given a lot of flexibility it's not like you're in a show prep diet right yeah and so it's like but you have to understand and this is kind of a rant that i went on i i hate this anti-diet culture that we've gotten into right where oh you can lose weight without dieting that's not the case because if that was the case there wouldn't be an entire industry of coaching um Dieting restrictions, not a bad thing, in my opinion, in most cases. Um, and it's required. It's necessary. So, like, I'm sorry that you're not always going to love this, but if you want results, you have to pass up that Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Yeah. And if you, or, again, this goes back to it with expectations of, of a timeline and your trajectory of progress, or you eat it and understand that your progress is going to slow down. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah, which you know, for general nutrition clients, I'm I'm a little bit more lenient. I'm I'm here to yeah. teach and put myself into their shoes to make better decisions over time. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, it's like if you're you're checking in with me, you're telling me what's going on. I can help you to get better. Yeah. But one one of my biggest pet peeves, man, and and I'm sure you have some people like this too, is people that wait all day to check in. Mm-hmm. Like whenever whenever it you are you know checking in late. 
you're you're checking in days late or like right before my cutoff. Like right now, I cut off at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. And if you don't check in by then, I just take care of somebody the next day. You mm-hmm. know, that's kind of my rule. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, I have I have some clients out in the West Coast, and you know, they're three hours behind. You know, I know they might they might wake up a little later, but mm-hmm. it doesn't take long to send a check in. No. You know, it takes maybe like three or four minutes to take your pictures, get on there, email the check-in form. And, you know, if you're waiting until 4.55 in the afternoon, it shows me that you do not care. Or that you're scared to check in because you haven't been doing what you need to do. Or you're not following the plan. You're either lazy, you don't care, or you're not following the plan. Yeah. And again, I, I do, I hate to say it, man, I do take it personally when I see someone doesn't care. Right. It's like we talked about, like you are a representation of my brand at this point. You're a representation of me and I want people who want this as bad as I want this. Right. And so it's like, I'm to the point now where if I, you know, I have a three strike rule. If it becomes a habitual thing, we're going, I'm going to, we're going to have the conversation. You're getting your money back and you're, I'm going to send you along your way because it's, I'm not going to sit here and give up my peace and my sanity to try to force somebody to just do what they need to do. Because again, this was, this is how it goes back to it. I've got people on my team who are relentless in doing what I need them to do, no matter the situation. I've got a guy named Grant. He's one that comes to mind who travels every week all over the United States and doesn't miss, period. He like the dude preps his food and freezes it and puts it in Ziploc bags and takes it with him to the airport. Like he has eaten frozen meals in, in on airplanes yeah. many times because he just wants to see results. And I love that. And he is an example to me that, okay, if Grant will go to that extent, you can too if you want to that bad, right? And Grant sees results. It is literally like there is no coincidence that is why he's seeing results. Like that is a direct reflection of his work ethic and, and dedication to this. So when I get the... Oh, sorry, man. You know, family dinner, I'd eat a whole pizza. Well, you didn't have to. You could add a slice and we could have that conversation or you could have prepared ahead of time and told me and we could obviously, I could teach you the approach that I would take in adjusting my food for the day to make that okay. You didn't have to eat a whole pizza. You didn't have to eat half a pizza. Could have had a slice and your meal, you know? And or it's like, well, it would have been rude if, well, I can understand it's not a comfortable conversation to have, but like, bring your or just there there again like we said there are there's the best case scenario and then the worst case scenario and there are a lot of options in between and just throwing all those out the window and just choosing the worst is not the, that's again it's it's an excuse right that's the thing, man it's like for me i don't have a ton of spots available like yeah. i have people often on a wait list waiting to work with me and you know people that are wanting to put in the work and get results. And if you're not checking in and you're making excuses every week, it's, you know, holding up a spot for somebody that actually wants to get results and really is waited to work with me. There's someone, there's someone who wants a spot at that table. Yeah. And you know, I have, I have a client I can think of, his name's Keith and, uh, shout out Keith, Keith Wallace, you know who you are. Mm -hmm. He's a good dude, but you know, he works 12 plus hour shifts, you know, four or five days a week and he has a family and, you know, he still wakes up every morning, does his cardio. He sends his check-ins at the exact same time. If I want him to send me another check-in, he gets it to me. And, you know, he still takes his family out on a boat and goes on trips and, you know, goes on vacations and everything and follows his plan. It's possible. And it's possible. It's, it's all excuses I've seen. If you, if you think that you can't do it, I can point you to somebody else that's done it with worse conditions. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it goes back to it. It's like, I'm not going to ask something of somebody that I don't think they're capable of or that someone on my team already hasn't done or I haven't done. Right. I always tell the story when I worked in crawl spaces, it was July. I was in Crossville, Tennessee. I was encapsulating a crawl space, which is a disgusting labor intensive job. I'm literally crawling around my belly, cleaning out a crawl space to encapsulate it. It's awful. I was doing it by myself. I was there for 14 hours. Right. And I'm sitting there underneath the house with my meal. I'd made spaghetti, right? And I forgot, macro-friendly, but we'll get into that. Um, I'd, I was trying to grow at this point, but I had forgotten a fork 
and my meal was cold because I don't care to eat cold food. And I'm sitting there eating a cold, cold spaghetti with my hands underneath a house. And that's when I knew this is all I gave a fuck about. And I didn't have a coach at that point. It was my own plan because I held myself to that level of accountability. So when I get people who come to me, I tell them, like, especially if their goal is to compete, I'm going to hold you to the expectations that I hold myself to because that's where you need to be. And we are going to bridge that gap one way or another, or you're not going to compete. And that is okay. And so again, you said it like we have too many people who have proven that they will make it happen no matter how horrible the circumstances are. I had a guy, he's in the military. He had to go to a state that he couldn't disclose to do training that he couldn't disclose with me, checks in with me the day he gets back and basically made very little deviation to his plan. He still figured it out. So I'm like, okay, if he can do that, and, and then I got, you know, Joe Schmo who works from home, and they're like, man, I just can't stop snacking. Well, stop buying the fucking snacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you've got to have discipline for this. Yeah. You can't, you know, it, it requires lifestyle changes to get results, and some people, like, just don't want to change. And yeah. I've had people before and tell me, like, oh, well, my kids wanted ice cream, so I had to have it. And I'm like, no, you didn't have to have the ice cream. Your kids can have the ice cream. Your wife can have the ice cream. You didn't have to have it. You just wanted it. And you made an excuse of the, using your kids as an excuse yeah. to do it. Prime example, uh, one of my one of our buddies, uh, Justin Peck, just competed. He's been in prep for most of the year. And uh, he's got three kids, single dad, and he posts stuff all the time, like taking his kids to get ice cream or whatever, and he just chills, man. Like he's just wanting to be there with his kids, right? It's not it has nothing to like he, but like I said, dude's like was two weeks out, and I saw him post a story of him with his kids at Brewster's getting ice cream, and he was just sitting there chilling, like yeah, letting them enjoy the day, letting them enjoy the day, which is part of it too. Like he still went above and beyond to be a father while in prep. He didn't use it, prep as an excuse to neglect his children, but he didn't use it as an excuse to also ruin his progress as a competitor and that's the difference that's 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 the key man is i I think it's it's all about how bad do you want it and as a client if you're showing me that you genuinely care about getting results um i'm going to give you my all as a coach 100 percent. but if you're sitting there giving me half-ass stuff every every week and i'm having to tell you to do better over and over again it kind of it's a letdown because you know my job as a coach is to get you results and it's a two way street. And if you're not doing your part, it makes it very frustrating for somebody that does this for a living to sit there and con- continuously tell you like, all right, let's try again. All let's, right. Let's, let's do better. Again. Yeah. It's like, it's like, again, like I am, I am very type a when it comes to this stuff. And we have to remember, this is the the point that I, I've brought up countless times. You know, when someone reaches out to either one of us for coaching, they, in some regard, have found intrinsic value in what we offer, whether it's how we look, how our clients look, the information we provide, whatever. At some point, they said, you know what? I trust him, and I'm going to give him my dollars. I'm going to give him my money for him to tell me what to do, right? And then we go through the whole onboarding process, and at at any point, they can say, you know, maybe I don't want to do this, right? But they decide to. They give us their money. We write them a plan. We give them the plan, which is literally the blueprint to see results, right? We give them all the explanation you could ever need. And they go, no, I don't want to do that. And I go, what the fuck? You know, because again, I coached myself for years. I had checked in with myself for years and held myself accountable for years, which tells me it's possible. Like I said, I've lost hundreds of pounds in my life without anybody telling me to. So now I work with you and I pay you. And you give me a plan and I follow it because I pay money for it. So that's that, that I have to do it. Simple fact. And again, also, I'm checking in with you every week. You get to see me mostly naked. You're welcome every week. So I don't want to mess up. Right. Because, again, I'm a representation of your brand and everything else that I just said. So it's hard for me to understand when someone just buys coaching and then goes, nah, never mind. Or I'll, I've, I've had people pay me for a year in full and then never check in with me. And I've messaged them, hey, where are you at? Never message back. Okay. I mean, thank you for the money, but that's not why I'm doing this. I want exactly. I, I to make a transformation. I'll, I'll chase you down the first like week or two and just be mm-hmm. like, hey, like, you know, where are you at? You know, waiting for your check in, haven't received it. 
But okay. if you fail to check in with me, then it shows me that you don't give a shit. I'll give you one results. I'll, I'll, I'll once or twice is about all I'm willing to do. Right. And, and then beyond that, it's like, okay, it's not, it is not my job to hunt you down. Cause I will not spend the time hunting everybody else down on my team. Right. Okay. Because they don't, I don't have to hunt them down. Nope. Right. And, and, and like you said, in the beginning, it's different. You got to pay your dues and, you know, earn your stripes and you get, especially when you're coaching for free because they have no skin in the game. Adherence is a little bit harder to to obtain. You know what I mean. But but now it's like if you're investing like a good chunk of change into this, like you can break it down like weekly. Like I'll tell people like, hey, you slipped up. That's a seventy five dollar mistake this week. If you look at it, a grand scheme of things, and that money's gone. Right, you paid me already for the month, and every time you choose to slip up or choose to make the wrong decision, you've wasted seventy five of your dollars. Is how I look at it. That's that's another thing. Is like um, I want to get into this. Is like if you have a coach that tells you how it is and they're honest with you about anything involving your health, like they're hard on you, be thankful because a lot of people will just take your money and not give a shit about getting your results. After they get your dollars, they could care less if you check in. They could care less if you follow the plan. And I know I know quite a few coaches. Their business model is based off of you know taking as many people as they can cheap as possible and hoping that they just don't check in. Yeah. It's the planet fitness model. That's yeah. literally what it is. Um, no, that's something I've had to learn over time. And this is a conversation I've had before. I want you guys to go back, like think on if you, if you played sports as a kid growing up, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, in, into college athletics. I want you to think about the most impactful coach that you had and, Think about how often did they pat you on the back? Because I'm going to say it wasn't often. Were they assholes? Probably. Did they get the most out of you? Absolutely. That's how I look at it. You know, I, like I've talked about before, my high school track coach was an asshole. Loved him to death, respected him, admired him. And he also produced, I don't even know how many All Americans, all state athletes, won numerous state titles very quickly. And I was my school was basically brand new. And he, off the rip, he produced a very successful program. And so, like I remember when I went All American my junior year of high school, I I threw the throw, I threw hammer, shot put, discus, and hammer. Threw the I th- was thrown hammer. It's my third attempt. I broke the state record, won the won the indoor state, and I qualified as an All American. And I was super excited, right? That was a, a very big accomplishment for me. And he walked over and he patted me on the back and he said, congratulations, you did your fucking job. And he walked away. And to me, that was the best compliment I'd ever received in my entire life. That was the only compliment I received from him. But he got the most out of me because that was his job. And that's our job is to get the most out of people. So again, not only are you paying somebody to, what it really boils down to, tell you what to do, you're paying somebody to push you to a limit that you have not been able to push yourself. And that's not always comfortable. I can't, I can't sit here and be like, Hey, it's okay. Like I'm going to tell you the truth of the matter. Like you've wasted money or you've wasted time or however you want to look at it. And we don't want to do that. I don't want, I don't say I will celebrate success and celebrate accomplishments with all of my people until I'm blue in the face. Cause I love it. And I get excited for it. But on the flip end, I'm going to let you know when you slipped up and how it, how we're going to fix it, but also how it should never happen again. I agree. And it's an, another thing is I'll tell people is I, I'm very adamant on telling people to be patient when working with me. You know, yeah. like I if you're a com- competition client, I want you to win. And I've told many people many times before, like, wait at least a year, work with me for a year, work with me for six months first. And Everybody that's ever done that with me has always been like, thank you for telling me to do that. But I occasionally get the one client who wants to rush into it and they won't listen to me and they'll leave and go elsewhere or they'll sign up with somebody else that just wants to take their money. And then they get very disappointed in the outcome. You know, they'll they'll go uh, prep with somebody and then they'll go compete, do horribly, and then they they lose and then they're upset about bodybuilding they don't want to do it anymore and that's yeah. that's kind of what happens with that situation yeah it's well, it, it, guys, this takes it would not time. be the modcast without more technical difficulties so webex we love you so where were we well 
I think the the issue is Chris is in a shitty town and uh, and then a horrible state. So uh, and it's called Ohio. Um, so we are in an undisclosed location. Yeah, exactly. It's deep and dark. Um, so yeah, what I was basically saying though is like be be thankful if you have somebody that tells you to wait to compete. You know, I've had I've had plenty of people that tell me that you know, they want to compete. And I'm like, Oh, you know, it'd probably take you about six months to a year to, you know, build a competitive shape or maybe even longer. And the ones that wait always end up doing very well. Uh, of course, you know, I'll have one. Yeah. I always have the ones that go elsewhere because they don't want to wait. They do poorly. And then, you know, they blame bodybuilding and it's like, no, you just, you didn't do the part. You didn't do the work. It takes time. And again, we, we, I keep saying it. If you love this shit, you'll keep doing it whether you need to be on stage or not. And if you want to be great, you got to understand it takes a lot of time to pay your dues. Because again, there is a economy to this in a certain sense, right? Where the reason we look up and admire certain people's physiques is because we understand that's not easily attainable. And that's why we admire it, because it's not common. And so the one variable is time. And I will say in this sport... The best tend to be the people who do it the longest over the longest span of time, meaning you train the most consistently, you eat the most consistently over years and years and years. You look at people like Dexter Jackson. He did it for, what, 40 years, and he's the winningest bodybuilder. You know, like, that's just an example of it, right? So it takes time, and it's like, I am not going to be a yes man when people reach out to me for situations like that. Like, hey, man, I want to do a show in 12 weeks. I'm not going to do it, man. Go find somebody else because I don't know how your body responds. I, you haven't worked with me previously. I'm not going to just throw you into a shotgun prep and you represent me and my brand. You do bad. You blame it on me because you will because that's the easiest thing to do. And then you blame bodybuilding. And it's like, no, you were just impatient, right? Yeah. That's so the thing. I'm, looking, I'm looking at a client with how well are they communicating with me are they checking in like they're supposed to? Are they adhering to the program? Are they sending me their training videos and letting yes. on a regular basis? Because that's important to me. I don't know how many times I've had somebody, I'm like, hey, send me your top sets of leg training this week. Never get it. Mm-hmm. And then they're like not making progress on their legs. And I'm like, hey, I never got those training videos. They send another check in, never get the videos. And I'm like, and it makes me question, like, are you even training hard? Are you doing anything you're supposed to be doing in the first place? Do you even read my emails? Like, <laughs> and, then why, and then why am I trying to go above and beyond for you if you won't do what I'm asking of you for me? There's intention behind everything we ask and tell people to do. It's not like we're just like, ah, just, you know, send this. It's like there's intention behind it. And if you don't do that, I can't help you more than I can help you. And you can't expect me to help you more than I can help you if I don't know what's going on. You know, my job is to make somebody get better um, in any way possible. I will put myself into your shoes and I will try to figure out the best plan for you. But if you aren't communicating with me or telling me what's going on in your life or doing the plan, then it gives us inaccurate info to go based on whenever I'm making changes. And I found the best clients are the ones that just adhere to the plan. And often, you know, here, here's the thing with me. Like I've had times where I followed the same diet for like 12, 16 weeks. And I've got continuous results because I haven't deviated from my plan. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I think that's something that a lot of people need to realize too. Um, You don't always need changes to your plan every week. You shouldn't always. Prime example, Drew Yanilla. I love him to death. Drew has lost 144 pounds in the last 11 months with me. I have never changed his diet. I give him a free meal every week. Every time he loses 20 pounds, he gets a diet break for four days. And it has just worked for the last 144 pounds that he has lost. Right? Drew doesn't expect changes to his plan. Drew is still mastering skills in the gym of learning all these exercises and how to, like we talked about with the episode on training intensity, he's learning those skills and he understands that it takes time. He sends me his training footage every week. I assess his training footage. I help him with cues and adjustments and we continue to fix it. We continue to improve. But at no point has Drew been like, hey, why hasn't my diet changed? I'm like, hey, you're losing three pounds a week and you still get to eat carbs and you still get free meals. So, and he's like, this is a win. I'm like, it's a win. And we move forward. 
right? Yeah. But then you get the people, it, it tends to be, and we've talked about it before, the people who do the least expect the most. Hey, man, I, I followed the plan 40, 50% this week. Why are we not changing it? I'm like, well, the change this week is let's do 90 to 100% because you'll see more results. <laughs> yep. Simple fact. Or, or you'll have people that want you to switch up meals every week, but they didn't even eat their regular meals during the week. And it's like, why would I switch anything up? If you're yeah. not already following the plan, because that just adds more variables to yeah. our situation. Like, yeah. for example, if you if somebody's been following the plan with me for six weeks and they've gotten great results, they've lost, you know, you know, 12, 15 pounds. And they're like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm getting tired of this. Do you do you mind if we switch that out? Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you are literally every week eating off plan, going off and getting a free meal that you're not supposed to like multiple times a week. And then you're like, oh, I'm sick of chicken. Well, you don't even eat it anyway. Yeah, I mean, so even it. it's like, why, why would we change anything if you can't adhere to the programming in the first place? Yeah, yeah. So I think that there's obviously like with that, like we said, don't always think that changes have to be made. And also, if you're not following the plan, changes shouldn't have to be made. Like will not will not be made. Let me put it that way. If adherence is less than 70%, I'm not changing anything this week. Your goal is to make it 90% minimum. I understand human variance and everything else. 5% deviation is kind of like a yeah. an acceptable understanding in my eyes of me trying to be a, a practical human in this. But like do 90% so you'll see more results. And if yeah. like, that's all I need, I need you to hit this on the head 90% of the time. Cause I think that's, I think that's realistic. I don't think I'm asking too much in that. Yeah. See, th- that's kind of how I do. I do 80 to 80% for my general nutrition clients on most bases, 90% for any of my bodybuilding clients who plan to compete. And then, and they're in prep, it's a hundred percent. So, you know, and that's kind of how I do things. And then I always tell people if your 80% isn't getting progress, you need to boost that up to like 85 or 90 because obviously it's not doing you well enough. You, you're not following the 80% as great as you think you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and like we said, and I think this is a good thing too, is like monitoring your daily habits. Like I, I made a video talking about like checking, I call it the box method where yeah. you've got five meals a day. You've got a cardio session. You've got five workouts a week. You've got 35, 40, you have 45 opportunities in a week to be better. Okay. So you make the box system, you make all the boxes for all the meals you have for the week, you make a box for your steps, your hydration, all those things. Let's say you have 80 opportunities to get better on a given day or a given week, excuse me. Um, and you go through and you be honest with yourself and you check off when you've eaten the right meal, you make an X when you didn't, or you ate off plan or whatever it may be. And then you look at this and you, okay, you have a hundred percent expectation of progress and you do the method and you go, oh, I'm only checking off 60% of these boxes. Well, that 40% is just fucking excuses. It's not progress, right? You can't bridge that gap with, well, you know, I had this happen. That doesn't, your body doesn't care. It's science. At the end of the day, we're manipulating our bodies. It's science. So if you want hundred percent of the results, you better check off all those boxes, right? If those are your expectations of yourself, that's not for me to figure out for you, you know? So that's one way to look at it. You just have to be honest with yourself. You know, I yeah, can't, that's, that's a big thing is I, I, I don't think under people understand as coaches, I can tell when you're not following the plan 100%. You know? and, and I'll, I'll see people that start with me and I'm like, okay, well you should be losing weight here. And then, you know, they just continuously stay the same or they go up in weight and then you start asking more questions and you figure out what's going on. Yeah. And the more honesty you give, the better you'll be. Yeah. The better your communication is the better you'll be. Yeah. The more consistent you are with everything such as check-ins, when you train, how you train, your diet, the better you'll be. And it, it's just like the, the easiest things to do as a client are just follow the plan as it's set out. Mm-hmm. Like if it tells you to do, you know, 120 grams of rice, make sure you weigh out 120 grams of rice. Don't eyeball it. Yeah. You know, that, that's another thing I've seen people do. And you know, that'll probably be one of my last, last stories is I had a guy in prep this one time, right? Mm-hmm. And this is probably one of the worst people I ever prepped. Uh, he was, he was a nightmare. I, it was a nightmare client and I'm not yeah. afraid to say it because he's, he was just yeah a, a hard person to work with. Yeah. But um, he, like I would try to do everything for this person. And mm-hmm. they, I figured out when we finally took them to a posing clinic that they weren't 
even weighing their food. And I figured yeah. this out because he like had his meals with them and it was like a tiny, tiny piece of chicken uh-huh. and like this giant thing of sweet potatoes. Yeah. And he was supposed to be eating, you know, seven ounces of chicken breast and like 150 grams of sweet potatoes. And it probably was like opposite three ounces of chicken breast and like yeah. 500 grams of sweet potatoes. Yeah. yeah. And I asked him, I said, are you weighing your uh, food? Cause that doesn't look right. He's like, no, nah, man, I don't have a food scale. He was like, I just, you know, eyeball it like Kai Green does. And I'm like, man, you are not Kai Green, not in the slightest. No, like, no, no, no. Yeah. So, guy was wondering why he wasn't getting progress. He was checking it all, all over the place off the scale. Like, he was checking in at 1 p.m. in the afternoon one day. And then, like, he would check in at 9 a.m. one day after being in the sauna for three hours. And that was an example of a nightmare client. Mm-hmm. So, Anybody that's ever thought about that, don't do that. Thank you to everybody I have that's such a great client. I really appreciate you all. It means a lot. We thank you. Yeah, yeah. We've got, like I said, I've got people who, I've been very fortunate now where I've got a very wonderful group of people who make me love what I do. And like I said, I've, you know, it's, it's, it's inevitable that you end up with a couple people who, who, who give you a couple gray hairs. And I've had some, I've had some nightmares of people. I've had people where, I almost just gave up on coaching. I remember telling you last fall where I was like, dude, I'm losing my mind with some of this nonsense, right? And it's, like I said, I don't think it's difficult to just be a good client. Like we, we, again, our, our expectations, like I don't demand perfection. Perfection is a intangible concept. It's not real. Okay. It is, it's unrealistic. It's abstract. I just expect effort. Again, like you said, life happens. People slip up. Things happen, right? And that is that is okay within reason. Um, we have to know these things, but it's just a matter of you. You paid for this plan. You like you. you your money is gone. So all you need to do is do it, and it will get you the results you're after. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no like. You don't have to guess. You don't have to figure this out on your own. Now, you just have to do your job as an athlete check off the boxes every day and show up, right? You just got to show up every day for yourself and for us, but for yourself first and foremost, you know, but I'm going to be, go ahead. Just tell people you hired me to get you results and you hired me because you weren't getting results doing what you were previously doing. And one of the best ways to get results is to eliminate the guessing. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to eliminate the guessing is to just follow the plan, check mm-hmm. in, talk to me. Like I want to, I want to be your coach. Like I love doing this. Like this yeah. is literally what I live for. Yeah. So if I don't get your results, I'm sitting here wondering what the hell's going on. And if you're messing up your plan and not telling me or, you know, not being a good client, then there's no way for me to get you those results. Yeah. Like I, like I said, this is my purpose in life. Like when I, see people having the revelations that I had throughout my journey, it brings me more fulfillment than I'll ever understand. And like I said, like obviously the financial side is important because this is how I pay for my life. But like, to me, that's like, I just want to see people succeed more than anything on this planet. And so, like I said, with like that paid in full situation, like, cool, thanks for the money. But like, I wanted to get you results that you wanted at some point in time you know what i mean like that doesn't provide me much more than that you know and so that's what i'm saying like we want but again we can't want this more than they want this because it's just i've got too many people who are too hungry and want the results too much like they want a spot at the table for a reason i'm gonna let them eat but if your food's getting cold you better move over because someone's gonna steal your fucking plate Exactly, man. There's there's people waiting to actually want to get results, and it, it's not fair to somebody else to hold up a spot whenever you know there's people that actually want to do this. But that's the thing. It's it, there's so many ways to be a good client. I hope we went ahead and talked about some of those. And then there, there's there's of course bad clients, and there's many of those, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I'm very very happy. Like I've gotten so lucky to work up to the point where my roster is just filled with great people. Yeah. So, and I always tell people that are new coaches, you do kind of have to go through and learn how to work with everybody, which is great for experience. Um, 
every single person you work with will teach you something to better yourself as a coach. Hundred percent. I want everybody to remember that. Um, and then for some people, one coach may not be the best option, and there may be somebody else that gives you exactly what you need. So there's always something to remember there. Yeah, but I, but with that too, like we talked before, give your coach an opportunity, right? Give them a chance. You you bought into them in the beginning for a reason. It takes time for every, it, it, like we've said, it takes time to, as a coach, for me to learn someone's body, what they respond to, and also psychologically, like what they respond to, how what coaching style. So there are some growing pains in the beginning phases that you have to learn, right? Because it's it's human interaction. We're all confusing people. But at the same rate, like you said, it, you know, if the time comes where you go, I just don't know if this is going to work, communicate clearly, let them know. Because again, as a coach, if I love to receive all amounts of feedback. I send out performance reviews quarterly to see where I can improve as a coach because I need the bad feedback as much as I need the good to say, hey, like, you know, this is where I think you could improve. Cool. Okay, let me figure out how I can make that better to provide an even better service to the people that I'm with. So talk to your coach. Don't ghost them. I think that's like one of the most disrespectful things you can do if you decide to leave. Have the conversation. That's the thing. It's like, but with me, I have so many spots open. So when somebody just stops replying, I think it's the most like a uh, disrespectful thing. You know, yeah. I, I really want to get somebody results. If you're not able to do the plan, I understand. But, you know, express that, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not able to do it, tell me why. And I can see if I can fix it or if it's just not a good time. Let me know so I can at least fill the spot for somebody else. Exactly. That's how I look at it, too. Like, let me give me not give us an opportunity to make the plan fit your life better or we'll find someone else that's highly motivated and that's fine. You know, regardless, it's like not everybody's, it's not always the best fit, but at least, you know, you have to give everybody a fighting chance, just like we give our people a fighting chance, right? Like I'm not going to kick someone off if they slip up week one. Like, no, we're just going to have a conversation. We're going to learn how we can better improve going into the next week. Right. And we just keep moving along. So, um, like we said, you know, we hope, hope you guys have, have learned something from this of, of what to do or, what not to do don't use tons of ranch dressing please god um don't sit in the sauna before you check in yeah don't do that yeah that's cheating but again we we know what we're looking at we know when things aren't right um but anyways we uh we love and we appreciate you guys thank you for taking time out of your day to listen again um like we've said before please give us a five-star rating on spotify and apple uh, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. Let your friends know about us. Any feedback, comments, concerns, please let us know. Hopefully the audio is better, as I did receive some feedback on that last week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do you have any other tidbits of wisdom, Ty Ty? Um, I think that's it for today. I, we have more topics coming to you guys this week. We have we've gotten a lot of feedback. We have a yeah. big list of stuff to go through now. Yeah. So just expect content to keep coming. We're going to keep it going. Yeah, we love you guys. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the Modcast. Until next time. Peace.